What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 112, and today we are going to finish out our study of James. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So Glimpse of Grace this week, let's talk about how God provides for us. I actually almost got Jehovah Jireh on my wrist instead of he is because um, God is our provider and that's just something that's so important to remember. So how have you seen God's provision in your life this week? Man, so many ways, so many ways. I mean, I think, uh, I think it's Piper that says like, God is doing like constantly millions of things and we might be aware of three of them. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that is so true when it comes to his provision. For sure. Um, Like he is literally providing everything we need, like our jobs, our food, like everything. Like he is sovereign over all of that. The breath in our lungs, right? Totally. Everything. Totally. So this was like a hard one to kind of narrow down because I was like, I could talk for hours on all the ways that he's providing for us right now. But one that comes to mind, and I think our, our typical response is to think of like financially, which is true. And I could tell so many crazy stories about like Taylor's paramedic school and the girls priest, like just crazy stories in the ways he's provided for us. But this week I've just been so encouraged by the way he's provided people in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to reconnect, not reconnect, but I got to go for a walk with a mentor of mine who um, I haven't got to spend very much time with this year because of COVID. Um, And so that was just so refreshing for me. And God was like, Hey, not only do I provide all of your like physical needs, but I'm also providing for your spiritual and your emotional needs and your relational needs. And just getting to spend time with my dear friend, Missy, and just like getting to chat with her and catch up with her was just like a sweet grace from God saying like, Hey, I, I care for you. And one of the ways I care for you is for providing people in your life. Right. Right. That's good. Yeah. I'm going to go a little more of the traditional provision Mm -hmm. route, like you referred to with finances. Um, And I have a specific example. Last week, it was a Friday night and my girls were going to my, or our girls were going to my parents' house for the night. And we really wanted to go on a date night. But we've been trying to be... um, frugal with our money and, and save. And, um, Jonathan took a pretty big pay cut when he, um, left his previous job and is in the, in his new job. And it was a total leap of faith and the Mm -hmm. Lord has provided, but because of that, you know, we've had to, um, kind of step back from a few things that we used to just be able to do easily. And so we were like, man, we really want to go on this date Mm -hmm. night, but we don't, need to spend a lot of money and that day a friend texted Jonathan and was like hey man like will you make this logo for me like I'll go ahead and send the money over to you and it was just a sweet reminder that um, God cares about those Mm -hmm. little things and this Mm -hmm. isn't a health and wealth message saying you know ask God for any amount of money and he'll give Mm -hmm. it to you Mm -hmm. but it would truly was just a glimpse of grace and like a um, reminder that like marriage is important to God Mm -hmm. and us spending time together and, um, investing in our marriage is important. And then there's been other times, multiple times this week where people have reached out to Jonathan and they're, they just need little jobs here and there. Mm -hmm. And, 
Um, I've just seen that provision because honestly, there's been times that I, I have worried, Mm -hmm. you know, about, um, just our basic needs just because of, like I said, pay cut and things are just different for us financially right now. And seeing how God has, has met those needs Mm -hmm. and how he has provided for us is just truly a glimpse of grace. Mm -hmm. And I'm truly, truly thankful. I mean, once again, like I've talked about with our story last year, like, ways that we wouldn't imagine. Mm -hmm. And then Jonathan will come home and be like, Casey, like you'll never believe it, but look what God has done now. Mm -hmm. And he just continues to provide for us. So, so cool. Yeah. So cool. God is abundantly kind. He is. He is. All right. So we are going to finish out the book of James, which I'm kind of sad about, honestly, as hard as this book has been, it's been so refining and good and just like so practical that I'm a little bit sad to be done with it. I know I've really enjoyed it. So today we're going to be covering verses 7 through 20 um, in chapter 5. So let's jump into verses 7 and 8. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So we see him say, patient three times in these two verses. And like we always say, if there's repetition, you better pay attention. And so he's really kind of just reminding them of the importance of being patient. And it, it comes from the same idea that he talked about all the way back in the beginning about being steadfast, steadfast and patient, um, kind of go together. Same idea. Um, and he's reminding us like, be patient, be steadfast, continue to walk this journey. Um, and I love that, that last phrase where he says, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And I wanted to like look up that word. I'm like, what does establish your Mm, heart mean? And so I did some research on it and it comes, um, the original word is I don't think you roll your R's, but maybe you are supposed to. Um, and so it sounded Italian. <laughs> I know. I felt like it was Italian. It's not Italian, but, um, it comes from like some other words that it can be translated as are, um, set fast or to turn in a certain direction or to confirm, um, to be steadfast, to strengthen. And so it's this idea of like, there's some, there's some work to be done here, right? Like we've, we've said before, like there is a part uh, that we are to play in this and that is is setting our hearts in a certain direction or strengthening our hearts for, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. This is something that we saw when we walked through Matthew and it, all throughout the Gospels where, where um, John and is, is saying like, repent and yeah. believe because the Lord, the kingdom of the Lord is coming. And so it's, th- coming. it's this idea like this is an ongoing thing. Yeah. It's not like you repent once. And then the rest of your life, you're just kind of sitting around and waiting. He's saying like, there is a job for us to do right now. Like strengthen your hearts. Yeah. 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 What else do you have about that passage? So I love, love, love the garden imagery. Mm -hmm. You had to know I was going to go there because I have learned about patience and Mm -hmm. I tend to, and I was thinking about this because when I go and buy seeds and if the seeds say it takes like 365 days to establish the, the fruit or the um, flowers, I'm like, uh, uh, like quickly (laughs) put that seed back. And I'm like, Oh, what does that say about my patience? And I heard someone the other day, I don't remember what specific fruit it was, but they were talking about how it takes several seasons to produce the mm-hmm. fruit. And I was like, nope, not growing that one. Yep, yep. And I'm like, man, I need to work on patience. But I was looking at pictures this morning. I planted um, a flower, like a fall flower garden. I call it my Colorado flower garden because I 
took pictures of flowers in Colorado this summer and I was like, okay, those will be perfect for fall in Texas. <laughs> and so, um, I was looking at pictures this morning of when I first planted it and they were, you know, so small and tiny little flowers. And now they're mm-hmm. just like big and lush and beautiful. And I had to be patient for that. Like it didn't happen overnight. So I just love like how this really has come to life for me mm-hmm. and learning to be patient. Mm-hmm. Um, to see this fruit, but this should really bring us so much hope and push us to persevere even when it's hard. So like when you think about gardening, when you think about farming, like it's hard labor, like you get dirty. It's, it, um, you might get sweaty if you're doing it in the summer, it's Mm -hmm. tough, but the fruit of it is so worth it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was listening to a Matt Chandler sermon and he quoted Augustine and he said that we being finite and not infinite, see the world with our faces up against the glass. God being eternal sees how all the jagged pieces fit together into something beautiful. So this was him talking about stained glass. Mm. And I liked this example too. Just this, um, how God sees the big picture mm-hmm. and we don't. Mm-hmm. And at first this was a little confusing to me because last week Chandler was talking about how we are eternal beings. Like we live forever with, mm-hmm. with God or in heaven or hell, depending on, you know, mm-hmm. where you put your faith and, um, And so I was like, now he's saying, you know, we're not eternal, we're finite, but this is talking about, um, God's eternality, which goes beyond space and time. So Mm -hmm. we're eternal, meaning we will live forever, but we were not before the, the Mm -hmm. beginning of the world, right? Like God was, and we're not outside of space and time and infinite like God is. Mm -hmm. And there's a really good, I was just looking this up. Like I kind of went off the beaten path and started thinking about this a lot. And there was a really good, um, one of those. Oh, what is it called? Essays Essays on the gospel coalition about this, that I'll link about God's like aseity and eternality and Mm -hmm. all. So if this interests you, but, um, yeah, just thinking about how God sees the bigger picture Mm -hmm. and we're so close to it that it's hard for us to see, but God sees this bigger picture. Yeah, that's good. That's a really good perspective. It kind of goes with what we talked about last time about humbling yourself and remembering like your, your position and not in remembering that we don't see the whole picture. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Verse nine says, do not grumble against one another brothers so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. I love that the ESV uses the word grumble. Mm -hmm. They all, it's also used in Philippians two, 14 through 15, which Mm -hmm. we talk about a lot. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. I think Mm -hmm. Erin taught her kids this like as their second verse. (laughs) Um, But like we talked about last week, when we don't follow the ways of the world, we stand out Mm -hmm. as different and, and people want to know why it says Mm -hmm. you will shine as lights and our world especially in today's culture there's so much grumbling mm. I think you look mm. at Facebook you look at Twitter you look at Instagram you look at your own heart your own heart <laughs> yeah. and you can describe it as grumbling like mm. I love that word because I think it's something that we can relate to but when we choose not to do that mm. when we choose to cr- control our tongue and mm. for positive things to come out of our tongue then we stand out mm. we shine as lights I mean, think about like people, you know, like if you can think of someone who's not someone who's complaining or grumbling, you're like, I want to be around that person Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is a good kind of like challenge point, not in like an illegalistic type format, but maybe this is a good thing where you could challenge yourself, like try to go a whole day without grumbling. Oh, that's a challenge. Try it. 
Um, my three wing is like, I'm going to do I'm it. Gonna do like, that. I will achieve yes. that. <laughs> um, and, and you'll realize like even one day, like one day, that should so be so hard. easy, but it's not. One it's hour hard. is hard. Yeah. One hour is hard. And we've honestly. talked about this when we went through Genesis of like grumbling and complaining is ultimately you're not grumbling or complaining against your situation. You're ultimately grumbling and complaining against God. Right. Like even if you take an example of weather, like today, um, this morning, Taylor and I went to go for a run and I was like, oh, it's so humid out here. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not complaining against weather. I'm complaining, Ooh. God, why didn't you choose better weather for me? That's some conviction. So even the smallest things are ultimately you're yeah. complaining against God, which yeah. I mean, that should be convicting. Mm, it is. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So try to go a whole day. And then if you can do that, good for you. Then try to go a whole week and then a whole life without grumbling. A whole life. <laughs> Everyone will want to be around you because yes. you'll be such a yes. joy. Yeah. Verses 10 through 11 say, as an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, and consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. I love that he keeps calling them brothers, which we've seen yes, throughout James, but yes. it's just such a, a good reminder. I feel like in our relationships, we tend to feel like we can't point things out in other people's lives and like help hold each other accountable, even though scripture calls us to do that. But I feel like James is setting us a good example. Like he's saying, brothers, like I'm doing this out of love for you, for what's ultimately best for you and for God's glory. And so I think it's a good example for us as we're thinking through like, how, what's a good way to take what we're learning and to help others understand. And it's setting that tone of like, I love you and mm -hmm. it's because I love you that I want you to see God's good design for the way that we are to live. And so instead of just coming off and being like, James says you have to do yeah. this and do this, yeah. like James isn't even doing that, even though he's giving some like major punches and conviction and, and it's hard. Like he's also saying brothers. Mm -hmm. I have a friend that I just met this summer, but every time she like texts or anything like that, she'll say, Hey sister mm -hmm. or dear sister. Mm -hmm. And it just, you're right. Like it just creates this different type of relationship between yeah. us. And I do feel like this deeper um, connection and this ability to be more vulnerable yeah. and honest and real with her. Mm -hmm. And just this reminder that we truly are because of the blood of Jesus, like yep. we truly are family. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a reminder, like, it's easy to look at this and say, Job, like, how is the book of Job supposed to be encouraging? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, it's a tough book, right? Yeah. But the thing is, the people um, that James was talking to, like, they knew th how the book ended, mm -hmm. and they knew of Job's steadfastness. Mm -hmm. And so to them, this was supposed to be an encouragement mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the first time I read it, I was like, how does Job show us that God is compassionate right, and merciful? Right, yeah. I'm like, I feel like it almost on surface level feels like the opposite. Exactly. But yeah. you're right. That's a good point. Like, they know how it ends. They know God's, um, his heart in that and that ultimately it was for his good and for for Job's good and for for God's glory. But I love this, this again, this theme of steadfast. Yeah. And now we're going into the closing of James. And so James is kind of saying like, Hey, we've talked about a lot of things, but I want to kind of remind, remind you what you. they were mm -hmm. and like leave you with this, this big idea of like, Hey, you are called to remain steadfast. Mm -hmm. Like if we look to Job, I feel like it's almost like if you look to Job, you should be encouraged because at least you don't have that. Like, you know, I was reading it this week. I was like, 
Oh man, like praise the Lord. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So verse 12, but above all my brothers do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no so that you may not fall under condemnation. And we've talked about this before on the podcast, but just like what a word that is for our generation of just like do what you say you're going to do. Like have some integrity. And my parents were really, really good about teaching us about commitment, like to the point where if we started, said we wanted to play a board game. Like if I was like, I don't want to play anymore. It's like, you said you're going to play. Like it was like, (laughs) I I was never allowed to quit a sport. I was never like, and honestly I was like, I thought it was so annoying as a kid, but now I like, I see the value in it. Like, and they would always tell me like, the Bible tells you to let your yes be a yes. And if you are a person of your word, you don't have to swear by anything else. Right. You know? Right. I was thinking about this and how easy it is for us now to like cancel on people Mm. because we can just like text real fast and everybody has their phone with them all the time. Mm -hmm. Whereas like when we were younger, it had to be like, if you didn't catch someone before they left the house, like you would completely leave them hanging. Like you would stand them up. And, um, and so it's so much easier for us now to, to not stick to our word. Um, so I think sometimes that's when it's good to like pretend that you're living like 20 or 30 years <laughs> ago and be like, no, like they're expecting me to be mm-hmm. there. They're expecting me to do this. And if I wasn't able to just text real quick and say, mm-hmm. never mind, like, would I do it? And there's been so many times when I've thought, oh, I don't want to do that or I don't want to go there or whatever. And then I do. And it's it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so, yeah, I think just being people of integrity mm-hmm. and people that stick to their commitments, I think that says a lot. And, like, we've been talking about it so countercultural yeah. um, that I think people will, will take notice. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Verses 13 through 16. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is any anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is worth. I love how James kind of gives us variety of different people that you're going to encounter, right? Yes. Uh-huh. So like he, I think it's just good for us to recognize like there are seasons of suffering, there are seasons of sickness, there are seasons of cheerfulness and to just recognize that and be willing to like step into that yeah. with people Yeah. instead of saying like, oh, you're suffering. I'm going to wait till you're like a little more happy and then I'll like <laughs> reach out to you and yeah. see how you're doing. But he doesn't say that. He like, he's saying, hey, everyone has like a different journey that they're walking and we need to just be like Jesus and like meet people where they're at and be willing to step into that and not to try to fix them or anything like that of our own accord, but just be willing to like kind of step into that with them. And what a gift it is Mm -hmm. to be able to walk through these different seasons of life with people. Mm -hmm. I had a friend that texted me yesterday and asked, for me to pray for another one of her friends. They, she lives out of state and they're walking through, um, a season where her son was just diagnosed with cancer. And she was like, you know, pray for Mm. them. And I said, I'll be praying for you too, as you walk through this with her. And, and just, I was thinking about what a gift it is that they're able to walk alongside 
each other mm-hmm. and point each other to Jesus during this really, really hard time. Yeah. Um, so I like that reminder. It says, you know, call the elders, call mm-hmm. the people in your community to, to walk through these mm-hmm. things with yeah. you and to lift you up. That's good. That's good. So what do you think like on a really practical level, what do you think that that last part of the verse where it talks about confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed? What do you think that looks like practically? So I think that um, this goes back to like kind of like we were talking about when James is calling them brothers, right? Mm -hmm. And I was talking about my friend that calls me sister. Mm -hmm. I think it's about vulnerable and authentic relationships. And authentic is kind of a buzzword in the Christian Mm -hmm. culture. I know that. But but it's true. Um, And like we talked about several weeks ago, when we um, don't just let the other person sit in their sin and when we point them back to Jesus, um, I think that I think that's what it's talking about here. And um, Matt Chandler referred to this study. It actually came out of Austin and he was kind of poking fun at it because of that. Mm-hmm. But it was a secular study about what happens to your body when you keep secrets mm-hmm. hidden inside and when you're basically living a double life mm-hmm. and how these stress hormones like flood your brain mm-hmm. and you don't sleep well and your immune system is shot and all of these wow. things. And so he said, essentially, this study is confirming what the Bible is saying. Right. Like it is not healthy. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not healthy, like mentally and emotionally and spiritually, but it's not healthy physically to live a secret life and goodness I have seen that so much in Mm -hmm. my life um over the past years that when um I'm living in secret or like my husband's living Mm -hmm. with secret stuff or um people we are around are are living very like secretive secretive Mm -hmm. lives it just it affects so much about your life. Mm. And so that's what James is saying here. Like Mm. be honest Mm. with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and Sproul says that the truth uh, is not that prayer is magic, but the truth is that prayer is effective. Mm. And I think that's another thing that's important to remember as we're looking at the specific verse about um, that you may be healed and the righteous person has great power as it's Mm. working. Um, Prayer doesn't, when we've talked about this a long time ago, when we talked about prayer as a spiritual discipline, but prayer doesn't change God's mind, Mm -hmm. but he chooses to work through prayer similarly to how he chooses to work through like, um, teachers and preachers Uh and things like that. So it's a means he uses, right. So it's not magic, but it is effective and it is what we're called to do. I think we've been quoting Chandler a lot on here, but I think Chandler has a really good teaching on this about when he had his brain tumor yep. mm-hmm. and how some people would come and pray and like claim it. Like you're going right. to be healed. I'm claiming it. And then some people would come and pray like, I don't know, Lord, if you want to heal him, heal him. And he's like, we can pray in boldness for healing, but open handed with the results. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I feel like that's like the right posture to have. Cause I, I question like, that sometimes like, am I praying this rightly? Like, exactly. is it yeah. okay for me to pray yeah. an expectation? But is it okay for me to pray like, oh, if that's your will, Lord, like ultimately our prayers should submit to the will of the father, knowing that he is for our good and his, for his glory, but it's okay to pray an expectation as long as your hope isn't set in getting the answer you want. Right. Right. And, um, speaking of Chandler, I actually had a quote here, another quote here by <laughs> him. He, he talks a lot about prayer and I think because he has been through like some of those really like dark nights Mm -hmm. of the soul as he talks about like he just has some really um good 
words about prayer, but he said, prayer is not just a duty. It's a delight and a gift for the people of God to commune with their adopting, loving, merciful father. Mm, So when we think about it like that, we don't think about it being a duty and just something, well, the Bible says we should do it. So Mm -hmm. let's do it. Like it's a gift to commune with the father. And I also heard um, where it refers to the prayer of faith. If you think about it as a prayer of trust, like Mm -hmm. it's putting your trust in Mm -hmm. God. So it's saying like, I really, this is really what I would like. This is really what my heart wants, Mm -hmm. but I trust you with my life and I trust your sovereignty. And I believe that whatever the outcome is, is for my good and your glory. Mm, That's good. That's good. I think like James is showing us that, that it's prayer that is what's going to help us do the things he's telling us to do. Right. Right. He's telling us to tang the tongue. He's telling us tum. Tame the tongue. <laughs> he's telling us to, you know, live this way. Don't live this mm-hmm. way. And then now he's like bringing prayer into it. And I think, I mean, he's not saying this directly, but I kind of think the what his idea behind it might be that it is through prayer and through the power of the spirit that you're actually going to be able to do these things, not through your own will, not through your own power, but it's through prayer that you're going to be able to tame the tongue. I mean, think about the mornings that you spend time in God's word and in prayer, how much easier it is for you to spout off praise yes. versus sprout off complaining, but that's because you've spent time communing with the father first. And so I think that's a good, um, kind of just takeaway for us too, is to not forsake prayer. Cause that's something that I sometimes struggle with. I'm like, I love to study. I love to get in the word, but then I'm quick to just move on to the next thing instead of like really spending time in prayer. Mm-hmm. But when I do like, I see so much fruit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, that's, That's enough about prayer. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so verses 17 and 18. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. And then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. I think this is just showing the point of like what you had mentioned before, like prayer does not change God's mind, but it is often the means he uses. I think there's a lot of examples of this in scripture. And um, James, I think is just pointing them to show them like, Hey, don't forsake prayer. Yeah. And I think he's also wanting to show us that Elijah, he, yes, he was this great prophet, but as I heard someone say, like, he didn't wear a superhero cape. Mm. Like he was a man like us yeah. with a human nature that had a sinful heart and all of these things. But yet he prayed fervently and, and we can too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. Last two verses. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. So that's a little confusing. Um, at first glance. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think this means? Well, I don't, I can tell you what I don't think it means. Um, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I don't think it means that you have control over someone else's salvation. Right. Right. Um, I think at first glance you could read that and be like, oh, well, I mean, someone lost their salvation and I'm going to go bring it back to them. Um, but like we've read, like we've said, context matters so much. And like we've already talked about in the book of James, but also in other scripture that we've studied here on the podcast, you cannot lose your salvation. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, you cannot lose your salvation. And so I think what he must be referring to here is just like wandering from the truth doesn't mean he's lost his salvation, but if he has set his hope on other things or has, um, I don't know a better way to say it than set his hope on other things. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Has 
taking his eyes off Christ right. and right. place his eyes on things of the, of the world. And you're able to encourage them and remind them and point them back to Jesus. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is a little tricky. What do you think? Yeah. So I think it's, it's very similar to what we've been talking about, about how God doesn't need us to bring people to him or mm-hmm. to, or to point people back to him. But we are, um, it's a privilege invited to be a part of that plan yeah. and we're invited to yeah. do that. And I think it's, also talking about how we've been talking about like through the whole book of James is that um, faith and works piece is that when you have true genuine faith, like there will be fruit of that. And so I think it's just a reminder of like, yeah, you might wander away, but like if you have true genuine, genuine faith, faith, then you will come back and like, we will see the fruit of that. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think too, it's just reminding us the importance of community yeah, and like sure. having people around you who yes. will point you and say like, Hey, you need to repent of that. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, that's not good for you, for you. And it's, it's interesting, right? Like this is a very weird ending to this book. Like most new Testament letters have like a, like a concluding paragraph or like a, Hey, don't forget to say hi to my friend for me. Like Paul, you know, does that right. often in exactly. his letters. Yeah. And so it's just like, yeah, you will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. And that's the end. And it almost feels like, wait, James, like, were you going to, like, are we missing a piece to this? Like what happened here? But, um, and, and I don't really have a good answer for why it ends like that, but I think it's a, it's a good place for us to kind of think, okay, we've talked about so many things through the book of James and I wonder, and this again, is just me wondering, I wonder if he didn't want to have some ending paragraph because he didn't want you know how often we'll say like the last thing is the most important mm, the last thing people said. Yeah, and so yeah. maybe like he just didn't want to have like a con- concluding because paragraph. Because it's all important. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. 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 I mean, I feel like it would fit with his personality, but. Maybe. Yeah. So now that we've covered this whole book, what would you say is your biggest like takeaway? What um, do you feel like months after this, you're still going to be like thinking mm. about? I feel like, I feel like two. Well, three, but I don't want to say them all because one of them might be yours. I don't know. So I feel like one is the partiality. I think um, where I would have said, like, I don't overt, I'm not overtly partial. I think I've, like, the Lord's been showing me just, like, small ways in my life where, you know, as I'm walking to the grocery store, if there's a homeless man outside, how I would just, like, shy away from that. Or, you know, just, like, little things in my life where where I'm like, I really am showing partiality right now. And so I think that's going to be something that the Lord's going to continue to work out in my heart. Um, And actually seeing it as sin, not, like, justifying it in my own mind, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the other thing, and I'm going to try to say this in a way that makes sense and isn't harsh. But I think the other thing is that... The Bible isn't shy about saying, hey, this is sin and this is the way to live. But I feel like in Christian culture right now, we're really nervous about that. Um, We don't want to come across as legalistic or anything like that. And obviously it is Jesus plus nothing is, you know, put your faith in Jesus and you are saved. You are covered by grace. You are not earning your salvation as far as justification, um, by doing these X, Y, and Z things. But I think sometimes we use that as a cop out to then say, well, then I can just, I'm saved. I don't have to do anything else. And that's one of the things we've been talking about, right? Like Jesus isn't only your savior. He is Lord of your Mm -hmm. life. And if he is Lord of your life, like the actual meaning of Lord is like authority over your life. And so scripture is telling us this is right and 
this is wrong. And so I think just like for my own heart, like just creating a sense in me and in saying like the scripture is not gray in this area. The scripture is very clear. Partiality is a sin. Mm -hmm. The scripture is very clear that the the tongue can do a lot of damage and just like owning that and not being afraid to like point to my sisters in, in that I'm in community with and say like, Hey, James is telling us like, we shouldn't be talking like this right now. Like this is not glorifying to God. Um, we should not gossip. We should not slander. Mm -hmm. We should not grumble. Mm -hmm. Um, and just like, I feel like that's one thing I'm gonna take away from this is like, I should be bold like James and just be willing to say like, this is sin. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go there kind of thing. Yeah. How about you? Convicting. Um, I think for me, you just referred to it a little bit, but the tongue, Mm -hmm. um, is a big thing. Um, just remembering how important our words are, especially our words. Um, for me, it's a struggle with like my husband and my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and just remembering that, um, how I speak to them matters and what I say matters. Um, but then also kind of along the same lines, um, being different from the world, Mm -hmm. like remembering, because I struggle with that. A lot of times I question if what I'm doing is right because it's not in line with the world. Mm. I'll be like, but everybody else is doing this and Mm -hmm. I'm doing this. So does that make it wrong? And remembering that if I'm doing something different than the world, there's a big chance then that that's the right thing mm-hmm. and just being confident in that. And I'm not saying that everything I do is right, but I'm just saying like, that's something I struggle with yeah. a lot. Yeah. I question my decisions because they're so different than what I see everybody else doing. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that a lot of times, like you're going to feel out of place and it's going to be very different from the world, but that's mm-hmm. how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And like Jesus said, and James said here, like, that's how it's going to be. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be different than the world. Um, so I think just having the confidence to, to live that out and yeah. not drift into um, what cr- culture says is right and good, but remembering what Jesus says and um, exactly like what you said. I mean, James gives us um, very clear instructions mm-hmm. on how we are, how we are to live mm-hmm. and, um, just knowing that a lot of times those things are going to be very different than what the world says and, yeah. and being okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So I would just encourage you as you're finishing out this study, like take time and reflect on it. Um, don't just jump into the next thing, like take time and really ask the spirit, like, okay, we've talked about a lot of things in this mm-hmm. book. Like yeah. where exactly are you wanting me to grow and, um, maybe journal or spend some time in prayer and really just take to heart. Don't let this just be head knowledge, but let it, infiltrate into your every aspect of your life yep so what's coming up next so next week we kick off our advent study and we are so excited we're gonna be walking through um our friend and ministry partner katie cobb she has a new christmas album out and it's actually out today um so when you're listening to this it's been out for about a week and so go to spotify go to itunes wherever you get your music and start streaming it now Mm -hmm. you'll be familiar with the songs by the time we talk about it so it's Mm -hmm. just katie cobbs on any of those platforms um and the album's called joy to the world so you'll love it If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Pops. 